0: Hey,
1: Steve, Chris,
0: we still got to figure out what it is you do that gets discord to just cut you off like in the middle of that. I don't know what it is. Anyways, we also have a Seamus. Hey, guys. So uh, (laughs) this will be actually need to turn your guys volume up a bit more. Oh, okay. We're going to have these problems tonight, aren't we? Uh, technical difficulties as we crank that back up, hopefully that won't be too bad, but yes, tonight, tonight, tonight. Um, well, firstly for anyone that might come about from your blog, uh, Seamus, it's good to know that you are okay. You went through surgery this week. Do do you want to detail any of that or do you want to just leave it like, blah?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. That's all. That's all. We don't want to talk about the gory details. I'm doing all right and I'll probably be doing even better in a couple weeks. That's the plan. That's the plan.
0: Excellent. That's I'm a good glad plan. to Definitely glad to hear from you and glad to have you on because tonight we are talking Spider-Man: No Way Home. Um this is a surprising movie for me because I was honestly not not really interested. Let's, let's actually go through that. Like, Steve, you were definitely interested, right? Because it's Marvel. It's superheroes. You love those things.
1: Well, see, if you've been paying attention to me lately, though, I'm, I'm getting a little bit... I'm getting a little bit fatigued on the Marvel.
0: This yes, um, is true. You kind of are. especially
1: the Especially the movies. And so... I was... cautiously optimistic about this. And I think I'm going to be, like, the Debbie Downer... On this episode. Um, uh, I wouldn't
0: be so sure.
1: Hmm. Are we all going to be Debbie Downers?
0: I think it's more in the middle of the road. I, or for me, at least.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I, I have, I I just, yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle to start, but we can, we can talk more. I wasn't super excited about this one.
0: All right. Neither was I, partially because of the multiverse stuff. Like, actually, we I think we talked about it when we did our WandaVision podcast. When WandaVision, like, was all multiverse at the end and basically turned into a Marvel movie for the last few episodes, I was like, eh, I don't, like, the, the movies are now going where comic books always go. So I'm not yeah. very interested. And Seamus, how about you? What was your thoughts?
2: Okay, well, I mean, I'm always down for Spider-Man. I mean, I just, that's my hero. I love Spider-Man. Although I'm really picky about Spider-Man. Like I did not see either of the Andrew Garfield movies. I saw he was a tall, handsome skateboarding dude. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't Peter Parker. This is Flash Thompson gets to be (laughs) Spider-Man. So I skipped the Andrew Garfield ones, but I, I really like the, the Tom Holland ones, so I was excited. But then again, like you guys said, um, we're getting into the multiverse stuff now. I love the multiverse stuff, but I like it when it's Wanda and Doctor Strange and the Guardians of the Galaxy out there having cosmic adventures. I always feel like Spider Man is so much stronger as a character when you keep him down to earth and he's the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and he's not trying to save the world or the universe. It just fits him so much better.
0: As we've discussed before, I believe we had the comparison where Spider-Man is like Batman only. He's not affluent and he's more optimistic, right? He's not like the negative, the downward, the doomy. He's
1: supposed to be like the most like. The most relatable superhero to me, I feel like, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. That you know, he has real problems. Like, you know, he's if he's out late, you know, fighting Green Goblin, his problem isn't that now he's going to be late to the board meeting tomorrow. It's that you know he's got to still has to finish his homework and be at class at eight a.m. because there's a quiz tomorrow. Like, you know, that's or like when they do the older one, you know. It's always messing up his work-life balance, like his work-life superhero balance is always all messed up. Where, like, it feels kind of like if I were a superhero, it would be a lot more like Spider-Man than, like, Batman or Iron Man.
0: Yeah. Now, the funny thing is you bring some of that stuff up. And in a lot of ways, I feel like this film does get into a bunch of that more than we've sort of gotten... because I feel, we, like, looking back, I feel a little weird about, like, Homecoming, Far From Home, and Now No Way Home. It's like, which one of these feels like a Spider-Man film? In a lot of ways, Homecoming did. Yes, Homecoming was the Spider-Man movie for There me. was something about Far From Home, and maybe it was because there was too much, like, this is a Marvel movie going on. But like something about Far From Home didn't feel right. Like it's it was fun, it was enjoyable. I went we like we did our podcast on it, no doubt, Steve. But then like yeah. it it quickly became forgettable. And I just had I, I wasn't I don't know. I'm not even sure now how I feel about it. I probably should have uh, yeah. rewatched it beforehand, but I wasn't even thinking about it. And it's just like now looking back, it's like, oh yeah, that movie did happen, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I, I mentioned before, we rewatched all the Spider-Man, like, from all three Tobey Maguire, both Andrew Garfield, and then the previous Tom Holland ones. And I really think, so I do think Homecoming is the one that really hits on all of that Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. Like, that moment when you realize that Vulture is his date's father, like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's, some, that's just some beautiful Spider Man right there.
2: Yeah, that's perfect. That's peak Spider Man. That's exactly <laughs> this this kind of crap he's always getting pulled right. into. I mean, that and was I, like the whole gimmick for the first thirty years of of the the comics, the comics was just yeah. like his enemies. Peter Parker's Spider Man's enemies are Peter Parker's friends.
1: Right? Yes. Green Goblin is his best friend's dad. The lizard is his teacher. Like it's, yeah, right. he's always so intertwined with, with his villains. Um,
0: Even Venom is like a friend or co worker from school. Co worker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Venom's a co worker. Yeah. And and what I feel about the, the I think both now kind of in retrospect, Far From Home and No Way Home, is there are two movies to me that are, almost like less than a sum of their parts hmm. where I can see like, oh, there's all these great performances. There's great moments. There's great, uh, you know, but it doesn't, like you said, it kind of, in the end, it doesn't stick the landing or it doesn't stick together in the way that I sort of hoped it would.
0: Interesting. Uh, I might actually be the most optimistic voice here. Cause I know, Seamus, uh, in case he couldn't make it onto the podcast, did give me a very quick summary of his thoughts. So, Seamus, why don't you give me the, the that quick summary that you had of the film?
2: I thought it was pretty indulgent. Like, it was very service y Just like, uh, you know, oh, let's give...
0: Well, hold on, we are, doing, we are doing spoiler. Uh, we, we're going to do a spoiler section, so... Let's not get too deep into it, just in case. All right, but... It is, like, like, long after this movie came out. If you go around and ask a hundred fans, what would just be the
2: perfect thing you wish you could see? And then they were like, let's give everybody everything they've ever
0: wanted, kind of thing. And the funny thing is, I agree with that, but at the same time, I was actually really surprised at how much I enjoyed this film, despite it being... Like... And it's funny because even now I'm thinking of like the Batman, like the, the vast majority of the Batman, right. Is a better shot movie, better written movie is a better film as a film, like cinephile. The talk Batman. Film. The Batman. Yes. With Matt Reeves. Sorry. The new, I, the Batman with, uh, by directed yeah. by Matt Reeves and everything. Just, I just saw that the other day for the
2: first time.
0: Oh, I'm really interested in your thoughts about that. one. <laughs> if you ever get the strength, you'll have to type them up or maybe just like record them in an audio file. So I mean, we can talk you about
2: it now, but I hate to steal Spider-Man's thunder.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we already did that podcast, <laughs> but no, the, the thing is like, as a like cinephile speaking, the Batman is up until that final act up until that final, like conflict and everything is just a better film film. But this one, okay. I feel like is the better spectacle. And I'll oh. give you my one minute. I'll give you my
2: one minute thought on one minute the thought on the
0: Batman. I, I'm loving. I I'm waiting for this timer
1: now.
2: Okay, I prefer Batman animated series. Batman who saves everybody yep, yep, and yep. is more heroic, a better detective, and just more noble and businesslike and not just a brooding thug, right? Yep. But if you're gonna do brooding thug Batman, this was like. Kind of okay, if you're gonna do it, go all in.
0: Just go all in.
2: <laughs> Turn the brood knob up to maximum and just sort of revel in it. And so I <laughs> kind of I liked this better than the previous um movies just because it felt like it was just committing to this crazy v- vision of Batman, um, which is not my favorite take on the character, but I like that it committed. And there's the end uh I, I like that he actually did
1: kind of solve a mystery.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm down with that. So back yep. to Spider Man, no way. Like to
0: Spider Man, no way. Home. Yeah, this was, yeah, was exactly one.
1: like one minute. Good job.
0: It uh, was just about yeah, <laughs> but no the um uh, uh for my take uh, uh, and summarized take, this felt in some ways like going back to the first wave of Marvel. Um, granted, it had all the crossover stuff, but the. The crossover stuff was shown in the trailer, right? Like, you got Doc Ock and Green Goblin are back. But it gave yeah. it a Avengers feel, like the first Avengers. Because, again, you're talking cinephile. Avengers was a fun movie, but it's the roller coaster ride. It's the you know, the just the experience kind of a movie where you go, you have characters that make you laugh, you have the down time to make you feel a little sad, but then everything feels good again once you have the big action set piece towards the end. This film had that yeah. kind of a feel. It was a combination between like an Iron Man film from the first wave and the Avengers film. And I think that's probably one of the reasons it was so enjoyable and probably did so well with fans. Um, but I think what really got me is, you know, cause I watched it again today. So I've watched it twice now. Um, and on the second viewing, what really stuck with me is that th- there is something about the ending that doesn't land. And I think it's because there's, it feels like the, the film was written with one theme in mind, but then they completely went with a, a, a different idea for the end. So, it feels like the film is trying to tell you, no, here's Peter Parker and his strength. And then it's like, but no, we're going to take away that strength at the very end. Um, so that's where it's a film. That's definitely very fun to watch. It's very fun to enjoy, but it's also going to be that kind of a film where if you let like the deeper cinephile snobby stuff, then at some point you're going to watch this and you're going to start it's going to be, become more forgettable over time. Um, I feel like it's not
1: even the, the cinephile snobby stuff. Like, so the first thing that bugged me in the movie, like I thought the... the And there's the challenge of sort of, you know, following up immediately. So like you need to see No Way Home or Far From Home to understand wh- where No Way Home started. And you needed to see Endgame to understand No Way Home. And it, so I think there's this, this one aspect of it where it it is really one of the most tangled up MCU movies we've gotten.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, it's written. also definitely the most, like, this might be the most comic book movie I've ever seen for yeah. the multiverse elements and other stuff. Like It's, it's like, early, reading yeah, like a, book- a
1: live-action comic book movie, yeah. It's like yeah. a
2: comic but- book where every two pages... They talk talk about something, and there's a little editor's note. See issue five seventy six, Ed, and you're like, yeah. "Yeah,
1: that's basically this whole movie." And so this feels closer to the Infinity Gauntlet comic
0: than the actual Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> yeah. movies
1: did. Now that yeah. I think about yeah. about it, so yeah, but so then like, so the but then the the first thing that really bugged me from a like, okay, like we're accepting this is the MCU, this is how it works. Like these movies are just going to be complete almost incomprehensible to somebody who's not done their homework um it's the wish itself and i get peter parker's this like likable goof who can't help but sabotage himself it just felt so forced like oh wait wait, he's uh, he's he's
2: yeah he's a science genius that can cure madness in 20 minutes in a high school chemistry lab but he's too stupid to shut his mouth when, when Doctor Strange is like, "Hey, you're causing problems."
1: Or well, s- Doctor Strange was too stupid to take five minutes before we, you know, yes, this reality bending spell to say, "Okay, w- w- who are the complete list of people that should know that you are Peter who by Peter Parker Spider Man?" When we're done with this spell,
0: Steve, you like, are familiar with my notes, and right in there, I'm like, I do have in there. It's like we have centuries centuries of monkey Paul mythology and you know be careful what you wish for stories and neither Strange nor Peter Parker were mythology genre savvy enough to think okay what exactly Dr. Strange was a legitimate doctor do you go into a procedure not knowing like exactly what you're going to be doing so like this this, yeah you're right this this is the classic like the more he you cuts think open about the it.
2: patient, he cuts open the patient gets a hole in them, gets it gets about elbow deep into their guts. And is like, all right, so what are we doing in
0: here? Basically it's like, he knew he had to cut them open, but it's like, wait a minute, you're giving me the specifics now. Like, why, why are you telling me this man has diabetes now? Why are you telling me he's allergic to this kind of medicine now? That's like right. this? No, I agree with you there. It's, it is full of that kind of stuff. Like it, it, it it's funny because it's making me think of um, what people say about like J.J. Abrams and the and his filmmaking style, where it's just you keep going and going and going till you you're just not thinking about it at the time. It's the fridge lock logic, like you say, Seamus, where you're at the fridge and you're like, wait a minute, like you're you're looking for something to eat in the fridge, and then you're just like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense in the movie. Um, this script is like the the film's done well enough that you're not thinking about that for the first time you watch it, but then you walk away for five minutes and you're like, wait a minute, this all could have been avoided if they'd just done this, that, and the other thing. Like
2: everybody had to be an idiot for an extended period of time for this to work. Yeah. I mean, th- that's, that's even laying aside the very beginning of things like Spider-Man Peter Parker never tries to make a case for himself Never tries to do people just like we believe Mysterio. And the the whole movie is just totally absent on what, what do people believe and why hasn't anybody asked what Peter believed. You know, it isn't like he had to stand up and say this is what happened, and then people could choose to believe him or not. He never spoke up in his own favor. And instead, he like swings off to Doctor Strange and like Oh, please help me rewrite the universe because my friends can't get into college. Like, yeah, the colleges had to be stupid. Strange had to be stupid. Parker had to be stupid.
0: Um, They're also all trying to get in Boston. It's like, you know, maybe you guys should go to a right. like do your basic education at a community college in New York City. You probably could. I mean, New York City is going to be glad to have any kind of thing. MIT, the
1: Chris. MIT. Come you on. get
0: to transfer your credits. Come on.
1: Yeah, but MIT. MIT is overrated. They're nerds, dude. They have to get into MIT.
0: Look, I went, you know, to they, uh, another, I went to another letter IT, okay? MIT is overrated. I'm not bitter or anything about one of these I getting I popular recognition or not. <laughs> but no, the... Um, no, the... I'm trying to think, because to dial back a bit, one of the things I realized watching this film, and I think the best way to describe it now with you guys talking, is part of the issue with Tom Holland's... Because at first, he seemed perfect, right? Tom Holland seemed like the perfect Peter Parker, but the way he's written, he's not that big into science, like I realized with this film. He's not that big into... Like, he is, but with the exception of like one scene, he doesn't really make much use of it, and... Otherwise, Sorry. what defines Tom Holland isn't, like, science, intelligence, wisdom. It's the fact that he's adorkable is the best way I would put it. Like, right. if I had to summarize him in yeah. one word. um, Because yeah. even the way, like, when he's trying to, you know, argue the point with his, uh, with the MIT lady to get his friends in there, like, I appreciated the detail that his suit's completely wrinkled. And he's got sneakers on, like his suit, like when you think of, like when you, when you really pay attention, his suit is not set to <laughs> talk to yeah. anyone. It's like totally wrinkled, totally crinkled everywhere. And it's like, that's, that's part of the charming thing. It's like, oh, he's such a, you know, you know, he's such a dork, you know, he's, he's always, you know, somewhere, as you say, sabotaging himself in some way, but he's so earnest and good, but that's one of the things that makes me realize what might be. Off about how they write Tom Holland's Spider Man, because other than maybe parts in Homecoming or something, like everything's based off Stark Tech, right? Like everything he has at this point is based off Stark Tech. He didn't even make it himself, right? So
1: yeah, should we flash yeah, the does, spoiler there warning? Is a way they sort of I feel like they they diminished Peter Parker in the MCU by. You know the suit he makes for himself is, but basically like cut-up sweatpants and a sweatshirt, and then yeah. all of his really cool stuff is from Stark, not yeah. having Peter. and so this this kind of ties into I think what's kind of become my disappointment with where the MCU has ended up going with Spider-Man. You know that that introduction where he you know he steals Captain America's shield and all of that. My original hope, and maybe they'll still get here somehow. There was a brief period in the comics where I think before they they wound up going with the Falcon as Captain America thing, they were sort of hinting at at a, at a Peter Parker Captain America um, in a lot of ways. Mm. Like the, the the specific time frame I'm remembering is the Avengers versus X Men arc, um, where well, that's actually. I was not the biggest Spider-Man fan and that that whole series actually made me love Spider-Man more because of his role in it. And so what I was imagining was developing you know, Peter Parker and like the, that being like foreshadowing Peter Parker, becoming the leader of the Avengers, you know, in, in this, what would be this phase of the MCU? And I feel like that's not going to happen now. And I'm a little disappointed.
0: Yeah, I guess that? I guess before we flash a spoiler tag, I guess that's oh, yeah. like the one like, cause I I think there's just you're on uh, I think that's like a to spoiler, avoid spoiler. Really, no, that one's kind not of... that was I'm just sitting here like, you know what, there's no point. We just, we just gotta dive into spoilers. But I do think before we flash a spoiler tag up, there is Yeah, that one element, which is in a lot of ways this film is clearly dictated by the business of is this the end of MCU Spider-Man and is it all Sony Spider-Man now? Is Tom Holland even going to be coming back as Spider-Man? Yeah, that's a good question. Cause, Cause they the, might've,
2: uh, yeah, they might've I, I, done this just because if his contract, they want to leave it, you know, they want to leave themselves options because maybe yeah. they don't have him for another three pictures, you know?
1: Yeah. My guess w- it was that part of the 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 flow of this movie was to give us and I still think I don't think these are spoilers yet is to give us a a gateway for miles Morales to also possibly be the main spider man too um for Sony, you mean or no I'm thinking i i, I
0: oh, you mean even for MCU even, even
1: for MCU,
0: I, Does Sony – yeah, that's a good question. Does Sony have the rights to Miles Morales versus Peter Parker?
1: They almost certainly do. I feel like yeah. – because usually how these things work is like they have all of the assorted – you know, associated characters. So M- Miles Morales would go along with
0: when Spider-Man. Well, well the thing is so Sony so. would have gotten those rights with the first Spider-Man film was Miles, Miles Morales was created after they got those rights.
1: Maybe maybe it's a little bit squishy. I don't know. That, that's that, actually,
0: that is a good
1: question.
0: Yeah, that's actually worth wondering. But then the question comes, do you really want to have two different spider man I mean, it, granted, Sony's already three? confusing. Like, Sony's already confusing. But all right, we're going to jump right into spoilers now. So uh, three, I- two, one. If you – oh, wait. Oh, sorry. Do I need to untransition from spoilers?
1: No, this is a spoiler, or at least a semi-spoiler.
0: All right, so if you're listening on the podcast, now is the time to cut off if you care about spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. Otherwise,
1: go. So this is my biggest issue with this movie. Okay. I thought that the original Spider-Verse crossover comic was a ton of fun, and Into the Spider-Verse is one one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I'm honestly legit putting that in my top 10. What every other, what every good multiverse Spider-Man property has done is make every Spider-Man different. And in this one, we get three (laughs) Spider-Man who are like the same exact freaking guy.
0: You're not entirely wrong in a lot of ways. Um, (laughs) That's actually really (laughs) funny you bring that up, though. Yeah, I mean they're they're slightly different, but that's part of the joke too, right? That's part of the joke right. of how they handle them. Um that they're the same stinking guy. Uh and that is part of your right. What makes into the Spider-Verse a lot of fun is that yeah, they're they're very different, every single one of them. They're it's like they intentionally wanted drastically different Spider Men. Uh, permutations kind of a thing. But this one was more about the yeah. cinematic universe, right? And that's part right. of it, is that nostalgia bait. And I got to wonder if Warner Brothers and DC are looking at this with their whole Flashpoint script and development and are like, oh no, this is what we're competing with. Because they already made it known, you know, Michael Keaton as Batman is going to be in that movie Um, they're crossing the time streams in that one as well. So if you're going to be trying to play that with a DC film universe, and yet you've got this now to compete with, like, how are you like, granted, It never stopped DC before from, you know, trying to compete directly and failing, but no, the, that's the thing that I was, again, like that, this made me realize is you have, Original Peter Parker, who was a more classic nerd, but still had that science angle and everything. They didn't really explore it in the Raimi films as much, but it's there. Um, And the one thing I appreciate with Andrew Garfield films was they showed him making all of his stuff. Like, they showed him working with technology and everything. So he comes out, and the first thing he's talking about is, like, string theory, multi-universes. And he does, like, as soon as he sees that... um, uh Toby Maguire Spider-Man, like the fluids like oh. inside of him. He's got a immediate scientific interest. Like that's the thing that I always appreciate about Andrew Garfield, is you're you're right, uh Seamus, that a lot of the first impression of him is like, who is this guy? But he's a very different take on the outtake, uh out, out sorry, outcast. Um but he still had that like he had an ingenuity that the other Hollywood Spider-Man don't really have. Mm. And this film in a lot of ways, I think that was actually my highlight was seeing Andrew Garfield reprise that role and seem to just have a lot of fun with it. Um, I did
2: appreciate seeing Andrew Garfield in this movie and and getting to see like, uh, for me, the the whole thing was that moment when he caught MJ. I was like, again, very self-indulgent, you know, fulfill everybody's wishes. But I, you know, you can't, I can't, complained too
0: much it was a great moment it was the funny thing to me is it felt very because i heard someone basically say it's like they allow andrew garfield spider-man to get closure because he never got that he was supposed to have three movies he only got the two and let me tell you something man in the andrew garfield movies the death of gwen stacy was handled really powerfully as much as what was wrong with uh both amazing spider-man films there were aspects that were done great in the relationship. And part of it's because, you know, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone were dating. So they had that real chemistry going. Um, I think they're still dating. So there's that. Um, But they had like that chemistry between them. And yet the, the way they handled it was. They kept it the spirit where, you know, it's similar. It's not the exact same, but basically, yeah, it's like he tried to save her and he couldn't because of one minor thing. And holy moly, I remember being in theaters and I watched that and I was like, holy cow. Like, that moment almost, like, makes it a good... Okay, it's weird to say it almost makes it a good Spider-Man film, but it's like, (sighs) it definitely redeems it as something in a lot of ways is worth watching because that's another thing. Like, it feels like in some ways this movie was made to be a correction of things. Um, Electro being the primary example because Electro they make reference to his dweebiness and everything. And that was ridiculous. That felt like Jim Carrey in Batman forever. And it right, was like, it did. It was yeah. like years after we should have known better. Okay. Um, I've
2: only seen like the, I've only seen like the trailers and the highlight reels. I haven't actually watched that entire movie. I tried, but it, it, I, I couldn't, but yeah. And, and, and seeing Jamie Foxx try to pretend to not be the coolest guy alive I couldn't buy
0: it <laughs> well the, the weird yeah. thing about this is that it did feel like a completely different character in so many ways to the point that and I guess this is my thing too like because you were saying earlier Stephen that's this film is trying to do a lot and I guess that's where it's like it's less than the sum of its parts because it's got a lot of parts and it doesn't necessarily do them poorly but to <laughs> just subscribe with a lot of peas
2: in the chat. <laughs> uh, here's a fun. Here's a fun note. Uh, my push to talk key is is um the letter P.
0: I'm sorry for people listening on audio only. It's just the chat box. I suddenly see. This big I thought I got a bot in here for a minute. I just see all this huge paragraph of just the letter P over and over again. And then it's Seamus Young is you subscribed with Pride for two months. And it's like, oh, well, that's generous and yet hilarious. But <laughs> <laughs> no. Um to jump back a bit. Um, that's the thing, though. Like this this movie's trying to do so much, so we got a little bit of the consequences of Peter's identity being outed. We got a little bit of what it's like going to school in that situation. We get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then immediately it's like, no, now we got to have all these villains and that's what we're dealing with now is all the villains. And we're going to have a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then, no, now we got to have all the spider man And now we got to do that now. And in between there, Aunt May, you know, passes away and we got to have that arc to our spider man And it's like...
1: When you step back... This is what kids this is what sorry. This is I think what made me mad in the movie. Like that's Peter's fault. Peter killed Aunt May. Peter Peter made Doctor Strange screw up the spell, and he killed Aunt May. Hmm. And that is that is like not really. I, I don't know. I, that really bugs me from a storytelling perspective.
2: Well, it, this- you know, it would be it would be easier if it happened because he was trying to do the right thing. If he suddenly realized, Oh, it would be unfair to these people to erase their memory or, Oh, I have this obligation. I need to change the spell in order to be a good person. And that's You're what screwed right. it
0: up. Instead was I, being a, instead the right thing is trying to save these villains, but he's still trying to keep his, he keep himself in their memory for himself, Right.
2: Right. And so that initial mistake wasn't driven by his need to do the right thing. It was really just driven by stupidity and his conv- his need for convenience. Oh, it'll be a bummer if I have to tell everybody again.
0: Well, see, this is the funny thing where I'm wondering how much, because this is what I was talking about earlier, where the theme of this movie, if you were to tell me, ask me what the theme of this movie is without knowing Chris, what the what's
1: exact the theme of this movie is.
0: I hate you. Um, That's the theme of this movie. I hate you. Uh, But no, if you were to ask me, before without knowing what the actual end-end is, it's that Peter Parker's strength is in his team, in those that are closest to him. Because what kind of stuff... Actually, Doctor Strange, when he's talking to... Like, in the middle, when he's talking to... Peter, about like, you know, the sacrifice of the few is nothing compared to the infinitesimal. He's, I'm just sitting here like, you guys just defeated Thanos. You're talking like Thanos right now. Now, granted, you're not right. sacrificing as many people, but is there any right, like, is this just like scriptwriter 101? You're giving him the counter argument, or is this like, this is really Doctor Strange's character and he's intentionally oblivious to his own hypocrisy in which case congratulations you have your new tony stark and captain america like he's we
2: needed there needed to be some peril driving him to for for the things he did because it's felt like he was being too harsh and we didn't have a real good justification justification um, when he decided to fight Spider Man rather than just talking to him, I felt yeah. like they I felt like their, their conflict. What these two guys, like you said, beat Thanos together. I, I think they could have sat down and talked it out. <laughs> but no. It was like, no, we'll just yeah, have a dumb like, argument. Like Neither of us will make any good points. And then we'll
0: fight. That's the funny thing. That's part of why this, like I said, Jen, uh, the, the wave one of, um, Marvel and up to the Avengers because I remember when the original Avengers was coming out a lot like Kevin Feige and Joss Whedon I think were both saying on the press circuit like in the comics that's how it rolls like whenever these Avengers get together they always fight each other first and then they fight the bad right, guy right and that's one of the reasons because it's like oh wait they're getting together but now they're fighting each other first then they're going to fight the bad guy um and that even that scene like I, I liked it it's a fun fight scene but why was, like, it actually in a lot of ways kind of reduces the power of Doctor Strange. Because like, why is Peter Parker able to avoid him, even though he's been like, what is that? The uh, astral plane projected, astrally projected right. out of his own body. And yet he could still control his body somehow. Or is that the Stark suit? Like,
1: they never I think, explain. I, I interpreted it as like, without Peter's mind in the way that his spider sense, his physical reaction was unfettered and would just respond instinctually, essentially. That was my interpretation. That's how I I
2: interpreted it, too. But I kind of felt like, Doctor Strange, really? This is your plan? You're going to try and grab it off of Spider-Man?
0: Well, you especially see him later just, like, force grab both the device and the ring off of uh, Ned and MJ later on towards the end of the film. So they're right. reducing Strange as a threat. And then, you know, Peter's in this like crazy mirror dimension. He's like, oh, it's just geometry. And he's able to figure it out and outwit Strange that easily. And it's like, we,
1: you've been we so really...
0: stupid this whole movie. And you're going to continue being so stupid. And yet here and, you outsmart this guy.
1: And well, I was going to say, we also haven't really strongly established Peter's math skills outside of this. No.
0: <laughs> True. Again, like maybe in the, maybe in homecoming again, if you watch that, maybe
1: in, uh, well, he doesn't show up. He's on the math team and then he misses a point, the like right? math team finals. And that's it's, good, um, good point, Zendaya yeah. has to like bail him out and, you know, win for the team.
0: Brief moment. I do really enjoy Zendaya. Zendaya, Zendaya. I think it's Zendaya. It's actually
1: Zendaya. I don't know that MJ. So MJ MJ's
0: actress. I do enjoy her performance in this film. Started She's this. I think great. she did a good job. She's really um,
2: great. I did. I was not in love with her at first, this sort of um, depressed mumble core MJ, but she just really sold the hell out of it. And I'm like, all right, This isn't the character that I knew in the comics, but boy, this is like a really, this is a more interesting character actually.
0: Well, the funny thing is, cause she had in the comics, she had a bad home life, right? Like they even have a dash of that in the Sam Raimi original film. Um, Uh,
2: I don't believe, I believe she um, didn't really have a lot of that, that. She was the girl next door and came from a poor you know, had those kind of problems in the movies. But I believe in the comics, she was just a fun loving party girl. And she, there wasn't huh. much to her until after they began dating for a while. And they started like, well, maybe she's an actress or maybe she's a sing, you know, like how can they, she was a wish fulfillment character. So there wasn't a lot to her for a long time.
0: And she was yeah. never supposed to be the only girl for Spider-Man until they needed to sell right. issues. Um, right. Well, it was, uh, it was Stan Lee, um, beat them to the pie.
2: He was like, you're, if you remember in the newspapers, they used to do the three panels of a comic, like, um, the Sunday funnies it,
0: or you mean something different?
2: Yeah, the funnies, but it would be like it's it's not a joke. It's just three panels of a comic book kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: So like there would be the right the the, the I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
2: the prince, whatever, and and one of the for a while there in the eighties, Stan Lee was was out at Marvel, but he was writing Spider Man for the newspaper, and it was just real short, and he was just looking for something interesting to do to to make it interesting. So he decided to have his Peter and MJ get married. And then mm. the folks at Marvel were like, oh, we can't let them beat us to it. We'll do a giant production and we'll commit the core character, you know, the, the canon version of the character t- to this um, marriage without really thinking through the implications.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Now, um, that was a bit of... Okay, I, I remember, because going back, one of the things that I remember talking to Steve about... we first saw that movie was because for some reason I just have it in my head like I I I felt I feel like Mary Jane didn't exactly have a great relationship with her dad or other stuff and again like when you see the Sam Raimi film when she walks out into the backyard like you hear her dad yelling and stuff like that so I thought if they're going with that background then here's this girl that's always at school is intentionally sitting in detention even though she doesn't have detention it's like yo, that sounds like someone that's got a screwed up home life and is trying to do everything they can to avoid home. So the personality fit for someone with that background and they weren't like in your face. But that's the funny thing where like they don't really get into it. And in this film, it's just a few lines where it's like, I thought you said your dad liked me. Well, he does it now. And it's like, okay, so we don't know anything about your, your, your home life after all. It just, just how the films worked out, um, but yeah, as in this film, though, yeah, you're right. She was very much, in a lot of ways, a character. Like again, like we're talking like when Andrew Garfield first comes through and her testing him out and everything, like just little things like that. Like she did a really good job with, I think. Um, and of course, Ned is the guy right. in the chair, um,
1: right? And it's one of those things where like, um, why don't he on forgetting his name? Like what I was saying about like the sum of its parts. Like you know, you've got like William Defoe and Alfred Molina, like just like having a lot of fun with
0: slipping right back into their role. I was surprised actually how much, cause I'm sitting here like, yeah. yep, we got to bring back everyone's favorite villain from everyone's favorite nostalgic Spider-Man film. And yet within minutes, I'm like, oh man, I actually really do like Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. I'm glad to hear right. him back because he just slips right back in. And Willem Dafoe, (laughs) granted Willem Dafoe is Willem Dafoe, but he's got all of the tics. The, like, I'm just a very sad Willem Dafoe that's misunderstood, Osborn. And then I'm the evil Willem Dafoe (laughs) as cackling and smiling as Spider-Man punches me in the face. Like, those are great. Here's the thing, though. Like, firstly, we're one villain away from this being a Sinister Six film.
1: Uh, the, I think the official commentary on it is that Mysterio is the sixth. He's just posthumously. He's he's basically put the Sinister Six together through circumstance. So that's kind of like why there's how there's a Sinister Six.
0: Okay, so I'm sitting here thinking like, oh man, Sony almost got that Sinister Six movie they've been trying to make for a decade. <laughs> um, and you're telling me they did, and that's their ah, that's lame. That's lame. It's,
1: Would you expect any less from Sony?
0: I mean, yeah, it's true. Um, Sony
1: Pictures, man.
0: That we got this much is actually kind of impressive. But that's the thing. Like, it feels like two and a half characters are developed. Like, Ack gets a bit of an arc. Goblin is, well, Goblin. But then, like, Electro is, like, sort of. But Electro is also just, we're going to have a bad guy that's just indulgent in being a bad guy. Um, Sandman, like... Thomas Hayden Church has probably probably had nothing else going on, which sounds bad, but it's like, that's the thing. It feels like the actor, like the villains are more like, who's available right now to come back? Um, because, I don't know, or maybe those are just all the mages, because it's like the Lizard and Sandman are the ones that it's like, what are your motivations? Because once they're in the, the, the condo and... Goblins revealed as an evil guy, and Sandman. Uh, uh, sorry, Electro decides to go evil. Sandman's just like, well, I'm out of here!" And I say, like, "Wait, you're not going to help?" It's yeah, like you're, you're it's not evil a
1: time. bad
0: guy. And then it's like he's just helping the bad guys at the Central. It's like, "What's your character?" And then like the Lizard is mostly treated as a like, comic relief. And then he's like, "No, I'm going to stay in the truck." And then hears JJ uh, J Jonah Jameson outside you know, screaming. And he's like, so it begins. What begins? I like, I like,
2: I like your rewrite where it's JJ
0: Abrams. Out. So-, that would be even <laughs> so it begins, <laughs> but no, it's like J. Jonah Jameson Sin. they're like, Oh, he's in there. Blah, blah, blah. And you just have the lizard. So it begins. I was like, what is this? What you were waiting for? J. Jonah Jameson, JJ Jameson wasn't even in your universe. You just waiting for bad press. Like, what is it that you're like, what begins? What were you waiting for? What was your game here? You're just waiting for everything to go belly up. What What were you going to do if it didn't like what's your purpose here, man? And it's like, well, he was available. You know, the actor was available. So he brought him in like the real draw is clearly, um, just, Doc Ock and Willem Dafoe and even then you only really get Doc Ock as a villain for one scene and then you have him as an exposition machine and then he's the good guy again and it's like you know on one hand I like that they kept him the you know they fixed him and they didn't have like Electro short out so he was bad again I like that because that's predictable most mo- movies would have done that but it's like okay but we don't get the we don't get much of him hamming it up as the villain well, not even hamming it up. No, Willem Dafoe hams it up. But Alfred Molina does a good villain, a good tortured villain. And we got only a little bit of that. And most of it was, again, just for the purpose of jokes and exposition to the point that I also wrote. Sorry, I, I, I'm just on a tear now. I'm just remembering all of this. Like, yeah, I have it written down. We tire of your questions, boy. But I'm going to keep giving exposition even though you're not asking questions anymore. And it's like, just what? Wow. Ah, oh, sorry. Now I'm going on my negative spiel. Cause it's like, what was your goal here? <laughs> and I know the goal, the goal was fan service. As you said, Seamus. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I don't disagree
2: with any single one of the, okay. Doc Ock gets saved in this one turns into a good guy saves the day. All right. Okay. We're going to cure the goblin. All right. Oh, we're going to do, you know. Any one of these is fine, it's the cumulative effect of all of them. Oh, we're gonna have meet all the Spider Mans, and they're all gonna fix everybody.
1: And that's the except, thing, except for Peter Parker, everyone right. gets fixed except for and again, see you, Peter Parker. Although even, that is on brand they, for him, they
0: even spell it out where like. Both of the other Spider man are like, I'm. So, I'm not used to working as a team. I work alone, and Peter Parker's like, I, I. It's like I do work as a team, and then he makes it like an Avengers joke, and they're like, Who's that? Um, but it's like, No, you have Ned, and you have MJ. And you have happy and like this is the thing. Like it feels like the movie was building towards like you no know, Doctor Strange telling him it's like, you know, you're trying to live two lives, you can't live two lives, and then go- Goblin trying to tell him it's like you're trying to do this, you know, you're 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 trying to save us, you can't save us, and you killed her, Peter. And it's like it feels like this entire movie is building towards this Peter Parker not only being in some ways vindicated in his sparing of his villains and saving people, but also in working as a team, because like, even from, I think it was like both homecoming and like far from home. It's like, who doesn't know this Peter's identity? Um, right. But that's where like, it feels like there's some vindication. And then at the very end, Nope, he's gonna go and be the loner anyway because he sees a band aid on MJ's head and decides, you know what, it's not worth it. And it's like, did you just not read? Like, what? This whole film was written to prove that you don't have to be alone and that there's value in having. It's funny. It's like the PS4 game all over again. Only the PS4 game stuck with that. You know, you can you can work as a team, and also Aunt May dies, um,
1: which. That was confusing. Yeah, like, oh. This is this is what's crazy. You know what's crazy to me? Three movie series. How many dead Aunt Mays do we have? This one. Right. It was Marissa Tomei, the one who's like not even that old. We kill like the not even old Aunt May. Like whenever <laughs> right. Spider-Man wants to kill Aunt May, it's like ancient Aunt May. It's like Aunt May, who's like, is that great, Aunt May? Is that like great? Right when she's 90 years
2: old, she's invincible. (laughs) But when she's, you know, 52, she's apparently a (laughs) pushover. See,
0: the foot in the grave. I I was greatly amused with, you know, firstly, I'm sitting here like, oh, so we're doing like, like, it's like the the Thomas and Martha Wayne are actually crappy people shtick that started with, um, the Batman telltale series. And all of a sudden is in the Joker movie and somewhat in the Batman movie that just came out. Um, the Batman movie, the Batman. Um, but now we have, like, movie? Yeah, yeah. now we have the PS4 Spider-Man. Oh wow. They killed Aunt May. And all of a sudden now it's like, Oh wow. They're doing in the movies. and watching with my parents was great. Cause both of them were like, no, No, they never kill Aunt May. You don't kill Aunt May. They're not going to do this. They're not killing Aunt May. And when I was a parent, my dad's like, I think this is the first time Marissa Tomei's died in the movie. So (laughs) I was just greatly amused altogether. I think
2: she died because she's Marissa Tomei. You know, she's a little more in demand. Um, This is
0: true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's probably a little more expensive than the other Aunt May. Although Sally Field can't be cheap Sally
1: Field, was it Rose McGowan? Rose McGowan? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. not yeah,
0: it's but I don't know. You I mean this day and age, they might want her for that. Uh, My cousin Vinny soft reboot. So, um, but no, like that 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 amused me. But it's also like I don't know. Like I don't know how to feel about Rose it. Rosemary
1: Harris. Sorry, not Rosemary McGowan. Rosemary Harris. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, it's like, Rose McGowan's a lot younger, isn't she?
1: <laughs> She'll be the next MA. Aunt <laughs> May.
0: <laughs> but no, like that's. I don't know. I guess that's like my part of my big rant where it's like the like because if you're sitting there in the moment, then some of the dialogues like again for a fan service movie like this that feels like what a comic book movie you'd expect it to be, the humor lands more than it doesn't for me. Um I find most of it amusing. Some of it's like, you know, good dialogue, good crossovery stuff, but in the end it's like it feels like they're they're doing it. They're being more schmaltzy than the material deserves. If that makes sense. Hmm. When do you guys go on a rant? Now I I went on a long one.
1: I don't know how. I guess I don't know how much more is left to say. Like 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 you said, there's there's a ton of fan service in this movie. There's a ton of just audience pleasing, too. It's not, not necessarily like like fan service. It's just it's a movie that knows how to how to, you know, get the audience give the audience what they want to see. And I think that is an you know, an aspect of we talk about, you know, like file and all this other stuff. but like there's an art to just making a movie that is fun to watch. Um, and that you kind of you can forget about forget about the fact that heater is a complete moron. And Doctor Strange, uh, for some reason, lost 50 IQ points at the start of this movie and acts in a in completely inconsistent manner throughout because we get to see a cool mirror universe fight scene between Peter Parker and Doctor Strange. And that was awesome. And we don't care. and And all these other things. And so I guess that's where this movie kind of ties me up is usually I'm the guy who you know, like, I liked the force awakens. I like the force awakens a lot. Shame. Um, you know, <laughs> is the force awakens a good movie? Is it a good star Wars movie? Or is it just basically a, the fact that JJ Abrams knows how to please a crowd. Um, in, in how he structures a movie. But this time, I feel like it just, I can see how everybody else liked it. And I liked it, but I just didn't love it. And maybe it's partly because of how effective of a movie I felt that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was, that I had too high expectations for what this movie could be as a multiversal Spider-Man movie.
0: Maybe that's, maybe part of that is also that by having the different Spider-Man in there, it invites comparisons to the previous films too. Because right. um, the funny thing about Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is it doesn't actually feel like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. It feels like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man became Uncle Ben with spider mm. powers. Mm. Now, whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. Because he's very soft. And some of it could be just Tobey Maguire's 20 years older. Um, So, but at the same time, he feels very chill in a lot of ways. He's definitely trying to validate everyone's feelings in a way. Like, is it intentional on the writer's part and the actor's part that it's like, you're going to be an older... Peter Parker, that's seen things, been married, and is now Uncle Ben yourself? Or I don't know, is that just like by chance what happened? Um, and Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield is the one that feels possibly that the performance given just brought back. Because again, Andrew Garfield fitting that Peter Parker suit like a glove again and giving some of that enjoyable. Because in the end, I think he's the Peter Parker I ended up liking the most in this movie. But as much as I did, again, it's like you, you sit there and you enjoy some of their conversation, interaction with one another. It's as you say; it's the fan service. It's the fan service stuff. It's what you want out of a crossover. Um, characters that would never otherwise interact interacting with each other. But at the end of the day, is this? Where's the heart to this film? Like, where is the lesson learned? Not even lesson learned. Like, where is the growth from Peter Parker having to go into the school and people's cell phones are on him? One of his teachers is accusing him. Um, there's suspicion around him. Uh, in the very beginning, There, it reminded me of The Incredibles, how you have the one woman trying to take off his mask and then being like, oh, he hit me. He hit me. Um, just reminded me of the Incredibles for summary. It's like, you have all of this little stuff and it's like, it immediately becomes meaningless once there's another once Doc Ock shows up. And yeah. if you were to also summarize this film as being about consequences, well, the problem with people forgetting who you are is that is a consequence of your decision, but it's also erasing the, uh, all the other consequences that exist and, like, my biggest one being, like, you just made a choice for other people, man. Like, that's the thing that kind of bothers me. It's like, mm-hmm. I guess these days, one of the things I'm big on is, like, oddly enough, is the agency of other people. And this, should, this is, like, a big conundrum where you just told this person that you said was going to forget them, that you were going to go find them. And you decide, you know what, they've got a bandaid on their head. They're better without me. Now, granted, that could be if he comes back for another movie. Maybe that's what they want to focus on. Maybe they're going to focus on that and him getting back with, even though they're going up to Boston, him getting back with Ned and MJ or something like that. Like, I don't know. Spider-Man Spring Break. That's the next one. There you go. Um, but it's why are you going to make that choice for other people is I guess what's on my mind. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. As I said, someone else needs to write. Like I was feeling so much more positive about this movie until I started talking about that. It's like, man,
1: right, man. we just like totally brought you down. Totally. Brought us, what down. do you think? <laughs> my worry going forward is of
2: course that all of this is a Trojan horse that Sony is using to shove their garbage into the mcu they want mobius and silver sable and they're just they're huge pile of broken venom they're huge pile of broken badly written characters they want to sneak in and i'm worried that they're using these these movies to do it and that's like their big motivation and now that tom holland is potentially out um, I wonder what's going to happen.
0: Well, that's the funny thing with the 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 post credits or mid credits teaser. I guess it's not going to be Tom Hardy Venom if there's a Venom in the MCU. They basically removed that possibility. Um, and yeah, Tom Hardy Venom is one of those things where it's like, what 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 was my reaction? Like, I I had sort of a live just, reaction on Discord when I watched it. it. Like, I haven't
1: actually seen any of the Venom movies, but that that actually made me want to watch the Venom movies. Just because it seems, it seems so dumb and ridiculous that I'm like, I don't know. It, it was actually, I kind of liked it. Um,
0: no, I, I, I'm trying to actually look back now. Because I know I had a sort of live tweet when I watched a film for the first time. Uh, Venom is a weird movie with a weird villain and once the Venom? Okay. So this is some of it, but that's the thing. Like it doesn't feel stitched together by committee, but it's not really well written either. Competently enough of you somehow have an off switch for your brain, but I'm kind of just sitting here wondering why also Eddie is really stupid. Then again, so is evil corporate man for not installing security cameras. Like this is like me being very, very, so Actually, it started yeah. to sound
1: a lot like Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, protagonist Almost, is really yeah. stupid. A lot of fun if you turn off your brain. Um, you know, so, so maybe it's not so bad.
0: Once the Venom symbiote starts talking to Eddie, the film gets better. But this interpretation of Eddie is such a... I don't know, man. Tom Hardy should be a perfect Eddie Brock. But this Eddie Brock is pretty darn... Okay, I'm not going to use that term. It's not the worst, but I'm not going to use it anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> basically he's just like very okay. I'm going to say he's pretty darn soy boy for the majority of the flick. And I know that's like not the best term to use considering it's normal usage, but it's like, I mean, it gets, it gets to the heart of it. It's like Eddie Brock is just kind of like, doesn't do anything like the vent, like the first Venom movie. I don't know. Like parts of it are good. And there's a good idea in this man has a brain eating symbiote taking over his body that he now has to work with. What's he going to do about it? And the movie doesn't do it though. As I said like it didn't feel designed by committee in your typical way, but it also just doesn't feel like someone wanted to make the movie. Like, oh, wow, that's what it was. Like this is a movie I watched and then I would later go on and watch The Warriors, right? And when you watch the Warriors, it feels like people had an idea that had a movie they wanted to make, and that's the movie that they made. This one, I don't know. Because like, Venom doesn't feel like anyone wanted to make that. They just made it anyway. This movie, Okay, Spider- we
1: have to make this movie. What do we want to do with this movie we have to make?
0: And yet Spider-Man No Way Home feels like he could be tricked into believing people made this because they had a passion for it, but I don't know. I don't know. It feels better than a film by committee. It feels like committee still dictated a lot of what it had to be. And at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know. It was a fun time, but you know, did you, do you really want more of this now? And I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I can't, I can't recommend Venom very easily. I'm curious about, there will be carnage but i it needs to be free it needs to be a free uh stream i can't i can't pay money to rent that even i can't even for woody harrelson i'll just watch zombieland again but yeah i don't know man like yeah.
1: this is like, funny because i feel like when we when we have like no idea what we're talking about we talk for like 3 hours <laughs> and when we're all well prepared with a movie i've seen it twice you've seen it twice seamus have you seen it twice
2: have i seen i have not seen venom at
1: all i've oh sorry i'm in the uh, spider-man no way home
2: uh yeah, i've seen it three times i think uh, you know kind of the third viewing we just jump through and watch all the
1: action scenes again <laughs> nice. yeah no, I, because I like, i'm 12 I like, yeah i like those viewings actually um
0: I do have a lot of spoilers. yeah. I mean, we're just kind
1: of like I think I think we've kind of hit all of the main points, like of of what it is, what it does, how it it sort of has themes, but I feel like it also st- sort of fails those themes in a way because it's the movie that it it had to be by not necessarily committee, but by you know the the various the behind-the-scenes aspects of it, you know. What can Sony do with this property? Does the MCU want to continue having Spider-Man? Will Tom Holland continue to be Spider-Man? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah.
0: And, um, yeah. I was going to say, everything else I got is, like, small notes. The Probably the most impressive thing I noticed in terms of direction was it was mostly... A single one shot tracking shot where, um, then uh, Peter and MJ arrive at his apartment, um, and they go from work room to room as they're trying to close up the blinds and everything. That was an impressive shot. Um, oddly enough, I've never seen CPAP machines in film or television until I got one. So, and if you don't know what a CPAP machine is, it's a thing that uh, Happy uh, was wearing. When he was trying to go to sleep, the big pipe and mat, well, tube and mask on his face, It's so you don't snore.
1: Um, I have never I mean, seen theoretically any... it's so you get enough oxygen, right? Like it's to make sure it.
0: there's air. Yeah, it's to keep your 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 passages open to keep prevent the snoring. for like sleep apnea. Yes, for sleep apnea, I got one of those machines and I've never seen them in anything before. But now there's all kinds of commercials with them in there, or like like for the pill that. Somehow a pill helps your sleep most apnea. Most obscure product placement in the entire movie. I know. He's got a sleep apnea. He's like, why does nobody have that until I get one? It's this weird coincidence that makes me think I'm the center of the universe. Um, Let me think. Uh, I have other little notes. Oh, I will say, despite how stupid these characters are, the most relatable part of any of these Marvel movies Is when Dr. Strange is telling him, it's like, you know, you you contact MIT and plead your case and Tom Hall just like, uh, I got the letter and I assumed, it's like, you know what, that's me for most of my teenage and young adult life (laughs) is, you know, well, this happened and I assumed that it's like, you didn't realize you had options. So I very much understood Peter Parker in that instance. Yeah. Um no, that's,
1: that is true.
2: That was a very teen that was a very 20 something thing to do.
0: Yeah. Uh there was like some little quotes. Like there's the um Yeah, like they have the I'm something of a scientist myself. Ha <laughs> ha. Everyone gets the meme line. Um And mm. when Andrew Garfield is like down on himself because he never fought anything like an alien. Um you have again Uncle Ben, Christian youth pastor, Peter Parker, uh, Toby McGuire telling them, You are amazing. You are amazing. Get it? Amazing Spider Man. Do you get it? Do you get it, audience? The, the, Say it again.
1: The youth, the youth pastor line was a good one. That, was,
0: that, that was is a good one. line because he actually does really look like one. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I don't know. I guess, yeah, it's like if. But that is the question. It's like, do we really want Sony in complete? Because that's the thing. Like with Venom and Morbius being what they are, I don't like you'd think Sony might be like, hmm, maybe, maybe we should learn from these Marvel guys. And this would be like a practice run to learn from Marvel. You,
2: You would think, you would think they would do that. But how long has it been?
0: How long have they been doing this well here's the problem people went to see venom and thought it was good and it's not the worst thing they've done but it's hashtag weird.
1: thanos was right
0: <laughs>
1: i i like the um the, the like the tweet i saw it was like my favorite part of morbius is when he shouted it's morbin time and Morbed all over those guys and nobody can tell me this didn't happen because nobody has actually seen this movie.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I guess <laughs> in that ca- case, it is like, what do we even want? Because like, there's supposed to be a Craven the Hunter movie now. And that's the worst part. They're trying to build their own cinematic universe out of the villains. But all of the villains have to be made into good guys if you're going to be making a movie out of them. And that's just an awful idea. <laughs> You're going to make all of the rogues gallery your heroes. What is... What, why? Like, the only good thing that could have come out of this, in my opinion, is if they bring back... even Whether they bring back Tom... Well, yeah, Tom Holland or not. You know what? He has no MJ. We're clear for the Black Cat Spider-Man romance arc. Let's go.
1: I'm here for it. Let's go. No, I'm here for it, too. <laughs> Who's playing Black Cat, though?
0: If she's anything like the Black Cat and the DLC for the PS4 game, then boom, I'm here for it. Like, let's go. Let's go. also. Tom Holland's looking older. I realized that as I was watching the movie too. He's definitely looking like he's not in high school anymore. Um, yeah, well, because he's he...
2: definitely looking like he's out of college, actually.
0: Yes, because well, granted, it's because he was what like college age or out of college when he was right. in... and. Right. Captain America. I mean, that's a he's, problem. Well, he's anytime. 25 now.
1: He was actually in in Captain America Civil War. He was like a couple years old. old but I felt like when was – how old, how long ago was that? This It was a
0: decent amount of time ago now. Civil War was Hold a on. decent amount of time I've got,
1: ago. I've got my Google out. All right. So that came out in 2016. So he was, like, he was like still a teenager when he was filming that. Yes. He would have been like 18 when he was filming Captain America Civil War. Now he's 25. So, like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? That he's, like, he sort of crossed one of those, like, gaps where some kids are, like, 18 and look 14, but very few, like, 25-year-olds look, you know, 16.
0: He's, yeah, he still looks young, and he's probably going to have a youthful look to him for a long time he does not however look like Nathan Drake. He still looks too young to be Nathan Drake. So. Oh no, no, he needs <laughs> oh, to, like no,
2: another 10 years.
0: <laughs> he needs 10 years to even He might not even have well, that. Like he, he he might have the 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 Michael J. Fox voice for his whole life like Oh, it's true. I mean that's that's the shame. If you could trust Hollywood he would have been a perfect choice for a uh Marty McFly in a Back to the Future reboot, but the fact of the matter is Hollywood would never do it right. God bless yeah. Robert Zemeckis and well, uh, the other guy, I can never remember his name, for telling everyone in Hollywood, no, we will not reboot this movie. Um, yeah. But no, like. Well, so, right, so the problem
1: ahead. here, no, here's part of the problem with his age, too, is part of his young look was the fact that he was short. Mm. So he could have, I think that just automatically. Like, de ages a person if they're young ish. But now that he's 25 and still kind of short, it doesn't like. Like, not that I had, like, they, like you know, I don't want to, like, be, like, belittling someone. But, like. Belittling?
0: It, Interesting <laughs> choice of words there. Man. Steve. Tall man. No, but, like,
1: just in terms of your perception, like, I feel like that is something that kind of worked for them in the beginning to make him look younger, but once you get past a certain age, it doesn't like help anymore. I guess I don't know. Anyway, sorry we're kind of past this, but
0: yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I guess it's been a little over an hour, so I should, we probably should be wrapping up. But part of me feels like I gotta I gotta say something at least nice about it because. I'm, I guess that's the problem. It's like, again, it's like, it's written well enough that you will laugh. It's written, done, executed well enough, directed well enough. Okay, here we go. I love a lot of the combat choreography, where he's getting into brawls and using his spider powers in interesting ways. Like, he does some pretty brutal, like, flips and throws to Goblin in this movie. So, we get some good spider fight choreography. There's that. So, or spider and in my in hindsight I'm realizing cuz I've been watching a lot of like history of Godzilla movies are are comic book movies now effectively just like Godzilla movies where it's like you know some are really great but otherwise they're just a bunch of fluff entertainment that some are really not that good and some are just you know pretty good but not great and only once in a while do you get the really great one is that where we are cuz man I love Godzilla movies but man most of them are not worth recommending
1: and yeah i think where we're at (laughs) is i am so cautiously excited for thor love and thunder right now that i just it makes me feel weird
0: actually there's a question let's let's end with this all right because yeah you you and i are basically on similar notes where we think um marvel films are going to Deadly start seeing a downward curve. Now, some people, of course, want Marvel and Disney to fail. I'm not on that boat, but I don't think... Firstly, I don't think this obsession with superhero movies is healthy for Hollywood. Um, And I don't think any obsession with big budget, budget blockbuster is healthy for any creative medium. So, to that end... Like, you mentioned Thor Love and Thunder. I actually am wondering if Doctor Strange is going to do better than Thor Love and Thunder. Because Thor movies have traditionally not done as well as other MCU movies. Now, Doctor Strange was a late addition. And I don't know how well his movie did. Because that's the thing. Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, and stuff. Most of them guys didn't do that great at the box office compared to all the others. But then you have like the Avengers films helps push their characters forward into the limelight, get people to like them and stuff. So with Avengers and with Spider-Man No Way Home now, are people more, and maybe even because of WandaVision, are people more geared up for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Also, Sam Raimi's directing that one. Who the heck saw that one coming? That might get people's interest just on that note alone.
1: Although, Honestly, though, okay, people loved Chris Hemsworth.
0: Yes, but they didn't love his first movie, and they did definitely didn't love his second movie as Thor standalone. They loved him in the movies where he was with a group of people, except Ragnarok is probably the best one that he that 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 he was in. Is Love and Thunder going to have the same energy? I'm curious, but that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't expect Love and Thunder. to... Oh, bomb.
1: this is so. So, we want to just real quick hit that my MCU question. Here's, here's what I, I've previously said, and we'll say again. The issue right now is that they have not been able to drum up the kind of in broad enthusiasm for any of the new characters yet that they did with the first round. Like it's true Iron Man was B-listy Captain America was somebody that everyone had heard of, but nobody liked or like nobody liked, but like nobody like nobody mainstream really he was, cared. He wasn't
2: much. anybody's favorite hero.
1: Right. He was antiquated. And, right. And so they took, they took kind of like these B-list guys and made them into superstars. And then they took like the guardians of the freaking galaxy. Like who, who was familiar with those comics? Besides maybe having one issue that was part of, like, an eight-issue crossover. And everyone that
0: was familiar was like, this is going to be Marvel's first failure.
1: Right. And then it was like, everybody loved it, right? But so, so far, with the new characters, I just, we haven't seen that yet. And so the question is, you know, how far, we're, we're probably losing Tom Holland, possibly. Um you know how how much longer is are we going to have Chris Hemsworth? How much longer are we going to have um, uh, uh, British guy Cumberbund? You know, like how, I, I don't I don't know. Like if they can't get us excited about new characters, I think that's where that decline is really going to happen. Here's uh, a question: he,
0: yeah. Were either of you excited when you saw Matt Murdock in this movie?
1: had a good chuckle.
0: Yeah, same. It was a good chuckle.
2: It was another one of those, oh, more fan service moments to where it becomes almost distracting how much there is. But you can't fault any. I can't fault. There's nothing wrong with doing that.
0: The funny thing is I... That made me wish they were doing more with Daredevil. And yet I could see the funny thing is I was talking to another buddy of mine about this. And I remember saying like, the thing is like even the Eternals, like people were expected to bomb and it did all right still. Um, And I remember Black Widow, which nobody talks about anymore. I completely forgot Shang-Chi was a thing until he mentioned it. Are people not talking, like do people care about Shang-Chi? Like, I think Shang-Chi did. It did decently, but do people care about it? Right. I
2: don't think so. No. I did. You know, I had probably the same, you know, Shang-Chi was like Ant-Man for me. It's like, I've heard of this person, but I've never read their comic. I don't know anything about them.
1: And then after I I have two Shang-Chi comics that I got in like a pack, packs of random comics,
2: (laughs) free comic book day. And after watching the movie, I still kind of don't care about them. And I love martial arts, too. So I don't know what went wrong there. I just, I'm just well, not into it. I'll tell oh you exactly what was
1: Shang Chi. since we're getting way off topic now, is Shang-Chi, outside of the bus scene, it tried to duplicate these sort of. The I don't know what the exact word is. I want to say frenetic, but it's not quite frenetic. the The intensity of practical uh, of martial arts sequences that were done entirely through practical effects, whether it's some of the you know sort of Hong Kong stuff or whether it's more of the Jackie Chan mainstream movies, they tried to do it with just a whole ton of CGI, and it lacked the impact of less visually impressive scenes from older movies that it was sort of paying homage to. And I think that's where, and then it it ended with a stupid CGI dragon battle. Like, and so I think that's where that, that that's Mm -hmm. where it really didn't work for me was, was like, I'm watching this scene and they're fighting on the side of the building on the scaffolding. And it just feels there doesn't feel like there's any consequence to the fight. Doesn't feel like there's any weight to the fight. Um, I, I can I don't know. see
0: that. Interesting.
1: And so it it sort of failed in. I don't know. So that's that's kind of for me what what that was. And I, I just I can't get excited about it. Like I, I can't get excited about uh, a Shang Chi sequel. I certainly am not excited about an Eternal sequel. That movie was such a mess. See, I didn't uh, see yeah, any uh, of Eternals. these movies. Like, I Eternals actually...
2: felt like uh, Eternals felt like a DC movie to me. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's just like I don't care.
0: It looked like a Brian Singer X Men movie to me. Oh, oh.
2: hard!
0: <laughs> <laughs> when a Brian yeah, Singer like the... X Men movie is worse than a DC movie. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, the the. That's the funny thing. Like, I'm looking back and I'm realizing I've never, I've not, I'm, I completely skipped Black Widow. I don't care. I completely ship skipped shang Sha, Yeah, I shipped Shang-Chi. So, uh, totally. I skipped Shang-Chi because I don't care. And I skipped uh, the Eternals. And mo- for the most part, my, like, I've, I've largely limited my online, like, groups and friendships and stuff. So, like, I don't get, like, what is actually big. Um, like, I get some level of, like, what people are talking about through YouTube recommendations or other things, but even that is so cultivated at this point that, to me, it does feel like people don't really care about Marvel right now, except, hey, Spider-Man No Way Home really broke the brunt of that, but
1: that's the yeah, thing. So just like, for Just for a comparison here, so Black Widow didn't break 400 million Worldwide, Eternals was just about four hundred million, and Shang Chi was like four forty.
0: Well, the thing—no way, ho- some no these- way
1: home, no way home—hit one point nine billion worldwide.
0: Now, here's part of the worldwide. thing, though, that you got to keep in mind: each of those movies was one day going to end up on Disney Plus if they weren't already yeah. on Disney Plus. Like Black Widow was already on Disney Plus, right? Right. Now, granted, it was a purchase rental, but still.
1: Um, and Shang-Chi, well, Shang-Chi and Eternals both were were not released simul. It was not a simultaneous release like Black Widow. It was a traditional theatrical release with the first round of streaming rights going to Disney Plus after the yeah. theatrical release window. Like that's the but, weirdest- but to your to your point like it's not like if you look back and you see like, you know, whatever like Avenger like Thor Ragnarok was like almost a billion dollars worldwide box office. You know, like Avengers: Age of Ultron was a like just like one point four billion. So like there's a there's an order of magnitude difference between how much interested people are in Spider Man and how interested people are in anything else Marvel is putting out right now.
0: Hmm i guess for me like i'm i'm just interested in getting an actual gauge on the temperature cuz some people i know like my buddy imp because of the corners of the internet he's on he's very much like oh no man lots of people still care but it's like yeah but you're you're in very enthusiastic corners of twitter and reddit where of course these people care but is that like the rest of the world
1: people on the marvel subreddit really still care <laughs> about marvel movies
0: <laughs> But it, it, well, that's a funny thing too because then again, I get uh, like exposure from other people that are like, Oh, it's gonna bomb so bad because people hate what they're doing, and it's like, dude, Eternals didn't bomb like you said it would. Um, and heck, I, I mean, I expected Eternals to do worse than it did, I was surprised, so that's where right now I'm like, you know, like what 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 is actually the future, especially now that most um covid restrictions are lifted some places still got them some countries still got them but i think you're seeing that's less of a factor than it used to be um distributors are starting to emphasize theaters again more than they are streaming services and again like spider-man no way home i was only just able to start renting it like recently like within the last week uh week or two after how long it hadn't like it's only like stars with a trial or something like that. So part of it is like just the availability to watch it without paying hefty sums of money. Um Well, hefty, quote unquote, as in an actual purchase of a Blu-ray if you didn't want to. But it's like the the availability of spider-man no may no way home could factor into that compared to again like even the batman right and it's like why would i go see the batman when a month and a half later i could just watch it on hbo max so that's one of those things that i'm wondering if we're really getting an accurate like gauge of general interest but then there's also stuff where, like like shang chi didn't release in china for example and if you looked only at domestic and not Wait, worldwide what? yeah shang chi didn't release in china I um, thought the whole movie was made
2: to, to appeal to, I thought they were aiming half that movie at China. That that was the only reason any of it made any kind of sense to me is, uh, Oh, this is kind of dumb and not how I would expect them to make the movie, but I'm sure they did this for China. I really? don't know
0: the logic of it. I don't know the reasons I know China themselves have. Uh, okay. I don't want to say right, that's, too yeah. general, that, that's too specific, but I do know when I looked at numbers, Um, firstly, Shang Shang Chi was still doing really great domestically, but domestic and worldwide, you know, with a movie that big of a budget, domestic's never going to get you your money back. Um, but worldwide, like the top four movies, except for Fast and the Furious 9 of all things, were all foreign. They were all either Chinese or Asian make. And so the Chinese market even isn't, caring it looks like at least it doesn't care as much about what hollywood's making anymore so how is that going to impact you know movie making at this point right how are we how how is hollywood going to adapt to that if one of the biggest markets they've been trying to sell to just doesn't care anymore for whatever reasons um So, that's one of those things that was interesting, and Spider-Man No Way Home, however, might have been one of those movies that did manage to make it to China, China and, like, Fast and the Furious 9 did well. So, what about other movies? Like, I know you can't have a movie with ghosts in it, so, does Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of uh, Madness cross the line? Is it too supernatural, or is it fine? Um and there's other stuff and factors and granted we also see Disney is trying to put more onto Disney Plus so is it going to be just about the movies or is it also going to be cuz that's another thing too like i feel like there is a group of people that's watching all of the Disney Plus Marvel shows but I don't know. I watched WandaVision and I'm interested in watching Hawkeye, but otherwise, like, I'm not even sure I'm interested in Moon Knight. Like, maybe, but
1: I don't know. Uh, Moon, Moon, Knight's, Moon Knight is good. If, like, again, as the guy who's experiencing some Marvel fatigue here, like, Loki and Moon Knight have been two of my favorite, recent favorites. So, I don't know. Well, Maybe. So I don't know
0: either way. I did drag this out a little bit asking about future Marvel, but I'm just curious. And again, it's going to be interesting to see if Warner brothers tries to go back and panic reshoot or modify um, the flashpoint, especially given uh, t- Ezra Miller's current uh, track record and getting arrested in Hawaii. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Ask, uh, ask our buddy Ursa, in the discord, about that, because evidently having lived in Hawaii, she's got like a whole bunch of not even six degrees of Kevin Bacon going on uh, with people related to those arrests. So, whew, small island, that big island, but no, it's yeah, I guess I guess final words for Spider-Man No Way Home is despite the negativity, uh, it is a fun movie definitely worth a rental, worth a watch, and I think it's probably easy enough to go back to. Maybe part of the problem, too, is, you know, if I think of a Marvel movie I would really want to go back and re-watch, other than the first Iron Man, because it's been a while, it's usually Captain America Civil War or Winter Soldier at this point, because those were just really good. And there's so many Marvel movies at this point that it's like, when you're basically just a quality of the first wave of Marvel movies, then is it really worth it to go out to a theater, deal with the sounds of teenagers talking during the talky bits of the movie, you know, people checking their phone in the middle of the movie, all this other horrible stuff that I had experienced during the Batman. Um, Like all the things that make you wonder why you'd even go to the movie theater ever again at all. Like, why would you do that when you could just rewatch a Marvel movie at home that's already good, you know? Mm. So I guess I ended it on a negative note anyway. Steve, your turn.
1: No, so, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think to me, so, yeah. I think it's, like I said, it's a really fun movie to watch. Maybe I'm just you know, a jaded old man or something like that, or maybe my expectations were too high. It didn't really get me. It didn't It didn't hook me into that. There's a flow with certain movies where even when it stops making sense, you don't care. And that, it didn't get me into that, but I still think there's a lot of great stuff in this movie. You know, it's worth it, again, to see Willem Dafoe, Willem Defoeing all over the set. <laughs> um and, and and there's some you know, some fun bits again, like the idea of you know Andrew Garfield Spider-Man getting some closure since he didn't really get his trilogy to do yeah. that in. Uh I think it is held back by some again, that behind the scenes stuff that out of the that stuff that's on the margins of, of what's actually happening, you know, characters act stupid for stupid reasons. And, and it can be a little bit frustrating, but it is overall, I think it's enjoyable to watch. Um, And I hope that they, the sort of whatever happens with Spider-Man, I would like to see Spider-Man actually just get to have a Spider-Man adventure again. You know, like that's maybe part of the No greater
0: MCU, just Spider-Man, his personal life, and a villain to
1: muck it up. Right. Like even like say like the second Ant-Man movie, right? Like that was there was MCU tie-in, and both Ant Man movies at this point, but like but like just like yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming was one of maybe the best Spider-Man movie that we've gotten. Simply because it let Spider-Man be Spider-Man. And I'd like, just like to see Spider-Man be Spider-Man again without dealing with cosmic, you know. Cosmic consequences. consequences. For his axes. yeah. That's my take.
0: All right. Well, how about you, Seamus? Yeah, um,
2: it, it's a good movie. It was just a little too indulgent. I found it distracting. And yeah, I hope they bring Spider-Man back down to earth and, and he doesn't need to visit the multiverse or save the universe. He needs to save Manhattan from somebody in a dumb costume. That's what I want from my Spider-Man.
0: And it would be nice if superhero movies could get back to that in some way, (laughs) you know, right. You know what? They're just going too big. I just remembered Hideaki. So yeah. Japan's lucky because they get the Hideaki anu directed Ultraman film. This is the guy that directed the last live-action Godzilla film in Japan. Man, if only I had something in Hollywood to look forward to like that. Because that's probably going to take like a year before I could see it in American theaters. If I could see it huh. at all. But yeah, there you go. It's like if, if, if Marvel could put an effort to one of their movies that stinking japan put into shin godzilla or is bound to put into shin Ultraman. then hey i'll be excited again but until then i guess we'll just see because i'm probably gonna wait until doctor strange and the multiverse of madness is on disney plus uh to watch for free not to pay like 30 bucks for um
1: one million dollars and
0: uh, I don't know i i have no interest in thor love and thunder like hey steve i'll give you like a tenor if you want to rent that on disney plus for the 30 dollars or whatever maybe we could watch it there but like otherwise like i i'm not really interested maybe the blade movie because it depends on how blade it actually is though that's yeah we'll see but otherwise thank you guys for joining we i did drag this out longer um and thank you again, Jim, because I know you're recovering. So I did keep you a bit longer than I probably should have, but all right. Thank you guys for joining. That is a wrap for the podcast. All right, gentlemen.
2: So... See ya. Yep. Have a good yep. night. Everybody. Have
1: a good night. Guys. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>